Welcome to episode 276 of the Deeper Christian Podcast. This is the podcast to help you study God's Word, know Jesus intimately, and discover how you can build your life around Jesus Christ. I'm Nathan Johnson, and in today's episode, I want to talk through the I Am Statement of Jesus, I Am the Bread of Life. Let's dive in. In the last episode, I talked about the fact that I wanted to start a mini-series walking through the I Am statements of Jesus in the book of John. Seven times in the book of John, Jesus mentions the statement, I am, and then identifies himself with something. And I want to look at the first one. It appears in John chapter 6, and Jesus says, I am the bread of life. Now, as you look at the context It's fascinating that Jesus, throughout John chapter 6, is feeding the 5,000. And what you see by verse 15 is that now that their stomachs are full, they want to make Jesus king by force. So he withdraws to the mountains by himself. He sends the disciples off on the Sea of Galilee. And of course, this is that great scene in the middle of John chapter 6 where the storm comes up. The disciples are terrified for their lives. And Jesus comes prancing upon the waves and calms the storm. As I get to the other side of the lake, the crowd that had just been fed the day before finds Jesus. They make their way across the lake as well. And here they are in Capernaum, and they're demanding a sign from Jesus. And in John chapter 6, verse 30 and 31, they said to Jesus, What then do you do for a sign so that we may see and believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate the manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. So get the context here. Jesus had just fed the 5,000. Their stomachs are full. They're all excited. Now, they're trying to make him king. Now, obviously, if you found someone that can give you free food, (laughs) he'd be a great king. But Jesus withdraws to the mountains. Now, later on, as they find Jesus again, they're demanding, they're pressing their own agenda. And they're saying, Jesus, hey, give us a sign. We'll believe you. Just give us a sign. Prove to us who you are. So they reach back into the Old Testament and they give the story of the fact that God provided the manna in the wilderness. And they look at Jesus and say, Jesus, you just fed us with this bread and some fish. Hey, Why don't you do that again? Now, obviously, this is a very selfish demand. They really didn't care who Jesus was, as you can see by the end of the story. What they were wanting was their selfish desires to be met. But in John 6, verse 32 through 34, Jesus responds to them. And and listen to what he says. He says to them, truly, truly, I say to you, Moses has not given you the bread from heaven, But my father gives you the true bread from heaven for the bread of God is that which comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Then they said to him, Lord, always give us this bread. But Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger and he who believes in me will never thirst. It's a really profound statement to me. Here's people looking to meet their selfish desires. And Jesus says, you know what I'm going to do? I'm not actually going to meet that desire. I'm actually going to give you something 
greater because I am that very bread of life that you are looking for. Now, it's intriguing what Jesus is doing. They had mentioned the story of the manna in the wilderness, and Jesus is taking their their emphasis on God providing manna, and he's giving a reinterpretation. He's giving a correct view of how we are to understand that passage in the book of Exodus. So really quick, if you go back into Exodus 16, what you see is that the whole congregation of Israel is grumbling against Moses and Aaron. They've gone off into the wilderness and they are hungry. And so they complain to Moses, Moses goes to God, and God says this to Moses in Exodus 16, verse 4. He says, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a day's portion every day that I may test them whether or not they will walk in my law. So it's interesting, the reason that God gave the bread, the manna, is not merely for the fact of feeding their bellies, but it was actually going to be a test to see if they were going to put their faith, their trust in God Almighty. And so you know the story. God, with the dew of the ground every morning, puts out this wafery kind of a substance. <laughs> and the people come on the first day and they're looking at it and they're like, what is this? Which in Hebrew is manna. And so every time that they were saying, hey, what's for breakfast? What's for lunch? What's for dinner? And, you know, and they said, well, it's manna. Every single time they did that, they're basically reemphasizing the, what is it? What is it? What is it? What is it? You know, what are we going to have for breakfast? We're going to have the, what is it pancakes? And what are we going to have for lunch? We're going to have the, what is it sandwiches? <laughs> so they're emphasizing the, the unknown or the, what is it reality of what God has done. Really quick, it's just fascinating in the passage to look at this idea that, you know, when when they use the word manna, it's done in the sense of a question. Again, it's that what is it thing. But Jesus doesn't call himself manna. He calls himself bread of life or the bread that came down from heaven. In fact, the only time Jesus uses the term manna is in relationship to death. Now, for example, in John chapter 6, verse 49, Jesus says that your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. And I think there's something really interesting or really profound about this idea that what the Israelites in ancient past were calling this bread substance, and every time they called it manna, there it was this idea of a question. Jesus shows up on the scene and he's not giving himself as a question. He's giving himself as the answer. So he is not the manna. He is not the what is it. Jesus clearly say, says, do you know who I am? I am the bread that came down from heaven. I am that bread of life. So what was the manna actually pointing to? What was that bread that came down from heaven in the wilderness all about? It actually was a foreshadow declaring the reality of Jesus Christ. And, and there's a lot of great comparisons between the two. Uh, for example, when you look at the manna in the wilderness, it met a temporal or physical need. But Jesus, he meets an eternal and spiritual need. The manna delayed physical death, but Jesus conquered spiritual death. The manna sustained life, 
but Jesus is the one who imparts life. Uh, Manna, it was only for Israel and it only lasted 38 years, but Jesus is not just for Israel, he's for the whole world. And it's not just for 38 years, Jesus is forever. And again, it's interesting, the manna couldn't be explained. They called it, what is it? And yet Jesus says that he has unveiled himself and has made God himself known. So there's some interesting parallels as you look at this whole thing. Again, when you look back at the manna in the wilderness, there was this idea of dependency and trust, that they didn't have to plant it, they didn't have to caretake it, they didn't even have to harvest it, they just had to go and pick it up. So there wasn't even a a duty or an obligation or there wasn't a pressure on this, there was just a reliance upon the provision of God every single day. Again, it's a reminder of a daily gathering. For six days, they were to gather the manna, and on the day before the Sabbath, they would gather twice as much. But it was this daily reminder that I need to trust and have faith in my God that he is going to provide everything that I need for this day. That there's a reminder in the manna that it was sufficient to meet the need, that there was no lack and there was no leftovers as Exodus 16, verse 18 reminds us, and it was supernatural. Do you see that all of that points to the reality, that greater reality of Jesus Christ? That when we talk about Jesus, he's a reminder to us that we have to depend and trust in him, that it has to be a daily trust of his provision, that he is sufficient to meet our need. As 2 Peter 1, verse 3 says, in Jesus is everything we need for life and godliness. He is that provision. He is that sufficiency to meet our need. Here's a good question for us. Are we like those Jews with Jesus who had their stomachs filled and were satisfied in the sense that, you know, our hunger is gone, but we want something more from Jesus? Or are we actually satisfied with Jesus? In other words, let me say it this way. Are we more interested in what Jesus can give us or are we more interested in Jesus? There's this weird pressure or there's there's this weird movement in the modern church where it's all about me. It's all about my spiritual gifts. It's all about my position. It's all about my worship. It's all about what God can do for me. But that's not what the gospel proclaims. The gospel is a declaration of Christ and him crucified. This is all about Jesus. And for so many of us in the church, we are, we are filling up our stomachs with all this religious stuff. We're doing the religious activities. We're singing the religious songs. You know, we're going through the motions and we are stuffed, but we're not really satisfied. In the very depths of our being, there's this longing for something more. Well, what is that longing for? It's not for what Jesus can give us. It's, it's not for something that he can provide, it's for himself. It's for him that God created us in such a way that we are to desire him, not the things that he can give us. And yes, he gives us lots of wonderful blessings and those are good and praise the Lord for those. But the focus should not be on the blessings. The focus should be on the giver. Jesus is not the what is it. (laughs) He's not manna. He's the very bread of life that came from heaven. 
And just as God built your body for hunger to crave something, that, that every time your stomach growls, it's a reminder for us to eat and drink and find something that will sustain life so that we don't die. Jesus is that thing that we crave spiritually, that, that, that when our soul is just groaning and the very we're searching for the thing that will sustain our spiritual life, the answer to that is Jesus. And it's, and it's intriguing and it's so deeply saddened to me that by the end of John chapter 6, Jesus is making these great declarations like, He who eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day. Jesus is saying, hey, you need to partake of me. And of course, Jesus is not saying that we are to eat of him literally, like we're to actually eat his flesh literally, which the Jews did misunderstand. They thought he was talking about cannibalism. And it, and it says, and this is what just deeply saddens me, that they all missed it. And by the end of John chapter 6, it says that everyone had departed from Jesus except the 12 disciples. That it is only the 12 that remained. So you have this massive crowd of 5,000 men plus women and children. So we're talking probably 15, 20,000 people who are following Jesus and longing for something from Jesus. But they weren't longing for Jesus. And Jesus stands up and says, look, I am the thing that you are needing. Will you partake of me? Will you, will you let me satisfy you like food satisfies your stomach? Hey, would you let me satisfy the depths of your spiritual being? And yet they all depart. Can I encourage all of us? We need to partake of Jesus as the bread of life. He wants to be everything that we need for life and for godliness. He wants to be first place in our lives. And Jesus isn't just something that we do on a Sunday morning and maybe a Wednesday night, just like they had to gather this bread in the wilderness every single day. So too, we need to find our life and our sustenance in Christ every single day. Jesus wants to be your life moment by moment by moment by moment. Could you freshly surrender your life? Could, could you come under his authority? Would you seek his face and delight in Jesus and, and allow him to be the bread of life in your life? Because as Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never hunger and he who believes in me will never thirst. And obviously he's talking spiritually here. But what would it look like if the reality of Christ if, if the reality of him being bread, our daily nourishment was the reality of our lives. Man, I want that for myself. I, do, I long for that for you as well. Well, I really hope as we walk through these I am statements of Jesus, it, it'll just be a fresh reminder and an encouragement to embrace Jesus as the totality of our lives. He is the great I am He's that I am that spoke out of the bush to Moses. He is Yahweh God in the flesh. And he is so, so good. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Deeper Christian Podcast. For show notes of this episode, please visit deeperchristian.com forward slash 276 for episode 276. And until next time, where we continue this series on the I am statements of Jesus in the book of John, know that I am praying for you and cheering you on as you build your life around Jesus Christ.